Welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. I'm Jeff White. This is WaveScan edition NWS 734 for release on Sunday, March 19th, 2023. On the program today, the Radio Scene in Senegal, Africa, Part 2. And we'll have the second part of our interview with Steve Palmer of Encompass. In our program today, we pick up the next episode in the story about the radio scene in the African country of Senegal. And we return to those events in the middle of last century. In mid-1939, just a few months before the war in continental Europe erupted, the French government installed a 10-kilowatt shortwave transmitter in Dakar, the largest city in Senegal. Ray Robinson picks up the story. Thanks, Jeff. In those days, 10 kilowatts on shortwave was considered high power. That new shortwave station was identified on air as Radio Inter, and it was intended to provide suitable programming to radio listeners in all of the French colonies in West Africa. In December of the following year, 1940, Radio Dakar, Senegal, was noted in Australia on 9400 kHz. And then during the next year, 1941, Radio Dakar was noted at varying times in Australia, New Zealand and the United States on four different shortwave channels, 6435, 9410, 11910 and 13355 kHz. The international call sign for Radio Dakar back then was FGA, and there were occasions when the programme announcements identified the station as Radio Senegambia. Senegambia was a political indication of the role of Senegal in providing radio coverage for wider areas of French West Africa. There were also other occasions during that era when various confederations were attempted among the French territories in West Africa. Throughout those varied political occasions, the country of Senegal played a leading hand, and Radio Dakar represented those events to the world. After the end of World War II, Radio Dakar Senegal was logged occasionally in Europe, North America and the South Pacific, and they were on the air with two call signs, FHE and FZK. In use were three shortwave transmitters at 200 watts, 1.2 kilowatts and 3 kilowatts. In 1958, two more shortwave transmitters were installed at the Rafisk transmitter site in suburban Dakar, two units at 25 kilowatts each that were built by the French company CFT, Thomson, with their headquarters in Paris. Shortly afterwards, a 100 kilowatt transmitter from Brown Bovary or BBC in Switzerland was also installed at the same location. Around that same era, 1 kilowatt medium wave transmitters were also installed in five regional cities in Senegal, together with shortwave transmitters at two of those locations, Ziguincourt and Tambacunda. The two shortwave transmitters, each at 4 kilowatts, were intended only for local and close regional coverage. 
The studios and transmitters for the double station, medium wave and short wave, in the southern province at Ziguinkor were located in their own separate building in the centre of the town, surrounded by palm trees and mango trees. When the worldwide FM revolution began to grow, Senegal began to replace its network of medium wave and short wave stations with a new network of FM units. Today in Senegal, there are no longer any medium wave or short wave broadcasting stations on the air, only several hundred government and private FM stations, too many to count. The government currently in 2023 operates seven FM networks throughout Senegal. Towards the end of the shortwave era in Senegal, Adventist World Radio was on the air by shortwave to Africa from Radio Dakar. In March 1988, BBC Monitoring in England reported that AWR was on the air in French with a regular schedule on 4890 kHz. The WRTH for that year shows that their 100 kW transmitter was indeed on the air for the relay of AWR programming. During the era of shortwave broadcasting in Senegal, several different series of QSL cards were issued. In fact, their colourful QSL cards became quite famous. During the pre- and immediate post-war eras, some QSL letters and cards with an African emphasis were sent out to international radio monitors in the main countries around the world. A 1947 card shows a simple map of Africa, and a 1951 card shows a country scene in Senegal in full colour. During the 1950s and 60s, the French territories in Africa and elsewhere were clamouring for independence, and an organisation in Paris was established to help prepare the radio stations in each territory for the transition. The title for the organisation in the French language was very long, and international radio monitors simply used the organisational acronym, first SOROFORM and subsequently OCORA. Specially printed and very attractive QSL cards were available for each series, blue map cards with yellow circles for the first SOROFORM series, and brown map cards with yellow bars for the second OCORA series. The Indiana Heritage Collection of QSL cards holds a total of nearly 40 of those cards, representing most of the stations in the entire informal network of French overseas shortwave stations. We should also mention that the communication station in Dakar, Senegal, issued its own QSL card. Back during the year 2002, PlayDX in Italy reported that an international radio monitor in Brazil had received a QSL card from station 6WW for a reception report on 16951.5 kHz. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. From time to time, we've told you about the International Radio for Disaster Relief Project, sponsored by the High Frequency Coordination Conference. The HFCC has reserved one frequency in each band for emergency use by any shortwave broadcaster during a natural disaster, such as an earthquake, hurricane, volcanic eruption, etc. We've learned that the Voice of Turkey utilized two of these IRDR frequencies, for special emergency broadcasts for several days right after the recent earthquakes in that country and in neighboring Syria. The frequencies used by the Voice of Turkey were 5910 and 9430 kilohertz. 
We continue today on Wayscan with our coverage of the HFCC A23 Shortwave Frequency Coordination Conference, which took place in Tunisia last month. Last week, we presented the first part of an interview with Steve Palmer of Encompass TV, which operates the BBC World Service transmitter sites around the world. Today, Steve tells us a little bit more about Encompass. That's right, yes. So Encompass is the transmission supplier uh, for the BBC World Service. Uh, so uh, we look after all of the BBC World Service's uh, radio broadcasts, uh, shortwave broadcasts. Uh, uh, we maintain the BBC's global network of FM transmitters as well um, via our international operations team. Um, so that that's that we are responsible effectively for all of the uh, distribution to the audience. Yeah. Uh, we don't run the BBC's control room anymore. Uh, that's the BBC look after that themselves. Um, but uh, but but all of the transmission uh, yeah. of the World Service we we provide. Yeah. So in terms of shortwave clients, I know you have many, but the BBC is the biggest. I imagine. It is. It is yeah. indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, how many? Um, in in the UK, there's only one transmission site left, right? That's right, yeah. Encompass still uh, owns and runs Wooferton uh, in Ludlow, just over the Welsh border. Uh, it's uh, a, a lovely, lovely site. Um, mm. I always enjoy visiting there. Uh, great, great team. Uh, there's 10, 10 transmitters there, a uh, mixture of Marconi uh, BD272s. Uh, we have four uh, B1, B6124 Marconis, uh, and then a further four uh, RIS transmitters, uh, which are... Uh, uh, our newest transmitters mm-hmm. at the site. Uh, it was a, um, a multi-million pound investment in Wolferton mm. uh, some, some, a few years ago um, to put those transmitters in, and uh, they're all DRM capable as well, which is uh-huh. uh, which is quite exciting. So, what are the power levels of those transmitters? Two hundred and fifty kilowatt uh-huh. uh, maximum. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, okay, so that's in Wolferton. And what other sites do you own or manage um, uh, around the world? Uh, so we have uh, some other sites around the world, Ascension Island, um, which uh, I'd love to go there, actually. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, uh, so we run, run Ascension Island for the BBC. Uh, we have um, a, a site uh, in uh, Dubai, uh, which, um, is, uh, which we have exclusive use of. Uh, we run the BBC's uh, site in Oman, uh, for them, uh, and also uh, we have a site in Kranji in Singapore, uh, which is a BBC uh, relay station uh, as well. Um, so, so they're they're kind of the the, the main sites that that, that, that we, we operate and, and maintain either for Encompass or the BBC, um, and we also have a, a medium wave site in Cyprus. Uh, as well so mm-hmm. now, do, do you get to visit these sites uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I me personally i ha- I, I visit Wolfton fairly regularly but the mm-hmm. international sites uh i, I haven't been to, to to many of them sadly uh, in my current role that may change uh, mm-hmm. the reason i'm at hfcc for the first time is i've moved into a into a new role uh looking after our commercial radio customers mm-hmm. um and uh, and part of that role uh involves service management as well so I expect in time I will get to visit all of our sites. But, uh, uh-huh. uh, and we have some great partnerships with um, other uh, site operators as well. Yeah. Um, so um, so that, that might take me out to some other, some other sites as well. So you're here doing frequency coordination along with uh, uh, Gary Stanley and, and Claire Shaw, also from Encompass. That's right, yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. 
do you expect to be at other HFCCs in the future? Yeah, um, I, I'm looking forward to uh, HFCC in Brisbane uh, in, in September, I believe. Uh, and yes, the intention is that I'll be part of the Encompass team uh-huh. uh, coming to every HFCC uh, in, in the future. So, um, so looking forward to that and uh, getting to know everybody in more detail. Now, how does Encompass see the situation now in general with, um, um, I mean, <laughs> is frequency management becoming easier with fewer broadcasters on shortwave? <laughs> um, I think uh, that that's probably a question I'd defer to, to my colleagues, Claire and Gary, who've been, who are experts at this and have been doing it for, for many years. But I think in terms of the wider uh, the wider shortwave, uh, uh, the, sh- the wider shortwave scene, I suppose you could say. Um, I mean, cl- clearly, it, it's it's um, th- there, there are there's, there are less stations on the air than there were um, uh, previously. But but I think shortwave is still incredibly active and incredibly important. Uh, and and the, the a friend of mine actually li- likened the the de- the the. the the, de- the supposed decline in shortwave to the supposed decline of the vinyl album that pe- people have been talking about it for a, for a while but it's never actually happened mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and and it clearly has a really important role in, in, in applications such as broadcasting to parts of the world where um, connectivity is not there or, mm-hmm. or d- displaced populations uh, um, crisis crisis areas um, and you know with looking at what, what what's happening in uh, in Ukraine uh, and the immediate increase in, in shortwave broadcasting mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to that part of the world um, it really does show the, the, the incredible value of shortwave. And right now as we're here in, uh, in uh, Tunis uh, during the, uh, this incredible uh, earthquake or a series of earthquakes they've had in Turkey and in Syria, uh, I, I'm sure shortwave is playing an important role in transmitting to that area. Absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, we have the, the, the cleared um, uh, international crisis response frequencies, which get stood up in situations like this. And, uh, uh, and, and really, uh, you know, a- any battery-powered radio can be used to get important, you know, life-saving information to, uh, to populations who are affected by terrible tragedies such as what, what we've seen in Turkey and Syria. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that, that really does speak to the immense value of, of shortwave mm-hmm. um, and radio broadcasting in, in general. Um, I mean, there are some exciting developments in, in, uh, in shortwave broadcasting, particularly around uh, DRM, Digital Radio Mondial, which uh, uh, is really starting to take off in, in India in particular. Uh, so there are, there are millions of cars on the road in India now with uh, DRM fitted, um, and, uh, and and it really seems to be taking off, which is which we're very excited about in Encompass. Uh, we've been involved in DRM uh, since the, the the very very start, the, the inception of DRM. Uh, so uh, I, I remember our, uh, the tests for DRM from our uh, site in Rambisham in Dorset uh, when when it first started. Um, so it's, it's really nice to see it, it taking off and uh, the receivers are starting to, to come out there. Uh, so, um, so I think uh, it's very, very alive. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, although perhaps the, the nature of what's on the airways perhaps is changing slightly, mm-hmm. um, but it's still great to see it uh, alive and well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, also, as we were uh, sitting here in Tunis uh, several days ago, uh, the BBC terminated its Arabic uh, shortwave broadcasts. Uh, um, there's there's nothing left on shortwave in BBC Arabic now, right? 
the BBC Arabic's uh, radio service has has closed. That's 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 mm-hmm. correct. Yes, um, I mean it's it's uh, it's. Uh, it's, it's, it's sad to see uh, the Arabic radio service closed, BBC Arabic, um, uh, and um, disappointing as well. Um, but uh, um, obviously the BBC being our customer, uh, we're their, their transmission provider, uh, so, um, so we, 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 we operate uh, the services for them. Um, so not a huge amount more I can say about it, but, uh, but it, you know, obviously it's disappointing when any radio service closes. Mm-hmm. Yet, yet still, it seems like here the, the, the general consensus is that uh, uh, shortwave still has a, a fairly bright and long future, right? Oh, absolutely. I think a very bright future um, for, for the reasons we were just talking about. And, uh, uh, and I think it's, uh, it's nice to see broadcasters um, and big national public service broadcasters still prioritizing shortwave uh, to the parts of the world that need it. Um, and I think, uh, and, and I think that's, um, that's reassuring for those audiences who, who build a relationship with, uh, um, with those broadcasters. And radio is such a personal medium as well. Uh, I always, when I was in, you know, working in hospital radio, I always used to say, remember that you know, radio is, is, you're talking to one person, it's, it's, it's a one-to-one relationship that people treasure. Um, and uh, uh, whether you're listening on shortwave or, or, or medium wave or, or FM or digital radio, um, it's, uh, it's nice to see radio endure. And that really applies to shortwave as well. Steve, thanks very much for talking with us today on WaveScan. Thank you, Jeff. A pleasure to, to be on WaveScan. I've been uh, a listener for a long time, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's lovely, to, lovely to, be, to be with you. Thank you. That was Steve Palmer of Encompass, which does the frequency coordination work for the BBC World Service and lots of other shortwave broadcasters at HFCC conferences that take place twice each year in different locations around the world. We talked to Steve in Tunis, Tunisia. Many shortwave listeners will be glad to know that the new 2023 World Radio TV Handbook is now available. The WRTH is often considered the most accurate and complete guide to the world of radio on longwave, mediumwave, shortwave, and FM, available in any form. It's divided into the following sections. Features. This section is in full color and contains reviews of receivers and ancillary equipment, articles on topical issues such as digital radio, interviews with broadcasters, reception conditions, color maps showing the location of shortwave transmitters, and other topics of interest to listeners and DXers. Then there's the National Radio section. This section covers the world's domestic radio services. The listings are by country and include all stations broadcasting on longwave, mediumwave, and shortwave, and most stations broadcasting on FM, together with contact details for those stations. International Radio. This includes full details of all broadcasters transmitting internationally. They're given in this section and listed by country. The schedules shown are the B, or winter, shortwave frequencies, as supplied by the broadcasters and confirmed by monitoring, together with any longwave or mediumwave frequencies used. It also contains a subsection showing clandestine and target broadcasters arranged by target country. The A, or summer schedules, along with updates to broadcaster details, are available as a PDF download from the WRTH.com website in May of each year. 
Please note that international broadcast shortwave frequencies change twice a year. The B season comes into effect at the end of October and the A season at the end of March. It typically takes four to six weeks after the start of the season for the broadcasters to settle on the final frequencies they'll use, although changes do continue to be made. WRTH personnel monitor all the frequencies and changes before releasing the information. Frequency lists. This section contains medium wave frequency lists grouped by frequency within regions. It lists all international and domestic shortwave broadcasts in frequency order and international shortwave broadcasts in English, French, German, Portuguese, and Spanish, and DRM transmissions shown by UTC. Television. The TV section has details of the main terrestrial national broadcasters, large regional networks, and some local stations arranged alphabetically by country. And then the reference section has tables and listings of international and domestic transmitter sites, standard time and frequency transmissions, DX club information, international organizations, and other essential information. You can now order your copy of the WRTH 2023, which was produced for the first time by Radio Data Center in Germany. There's a web app available this year, as well as the printed book. If you're not sure that you want to buy the web app, don't worry, because as a book owner, you'll get the web app for a discounted price at a later stage as well. The features section for this 77th edition of the World Radio TV Handbook includes articles on the broadcasting history of Andorra, broadcasting in the Falkland Islands, the history of broadcasting traffic information, RDS, radio data system, ARI, the world of radio for children, mining the DX data, DRM shortwave broadcasting by the BBC World Service, as well as other regular articles and updated world maps. There are also reviews of the latest equipment, including the ELAD FDM-S3, the Ryder RDR-52, the Belka DX, and the Stamp FL Active Dipole. The 2023 World Radio TV Handbook is available from WRTH.com or universal-radio.com or bookdepository.com. The price is about $40 U.S. By the way, Ray Robinson says his copy of the book arrived a couple of weeks ago. He says, I had ordered it direct from Radio Data Center, and they fulfilled the order with shipment from a U.S. distribution partner. It's got many more pages than last year's, more akin to the 2000 and 2001 WRTH in size. As a reference work, it is as valuable as ever. I can't begin to fathom the amount of work that must have gone into producing this and at a lower price than heretofore. Since the margin per copy must be very thin, I hope they get the volume of sales they need to make it viable as an ongoing commitment for the years to come. Now here's Saladin Dalar with our Bangladesh DX report. Dear listeners and radio hobbyists, welcome you in March 2023 edition of Bangladesh DX report in Waviscan. This is Salauddin Dollar from Ratshahi, Bangladesh. Glad to be back and thanks for listening. The receiving log of different radio stations. March 2nd, Voice of Turkey, Pashtu service. Music was heard at 1650 UTC on 9595 kHz. The save code was 
343. Ibra Radio Dabbai Amhari program talking of OM and YL was heard at 1652 UTC on 9540 kHz. The SI code was 333. Radio Free Asia Uyghur program while talking was heard at 1655 UTC on 96 on 9560 kHz, the SI code was 333. Radio Saudi International, Parkman Service, ID followed by Sung, was heard at 17008 UTC. On 9885 kHz, the SI code was 333. KNLS, Alaska, Chinese discussion in male voice, was heard at 15 UTC on 9550 kHz, the SI code was 333. March 3rd, KBS World Radio talking about Russia-Ukraine wire in Korean by OM was heard at 1620 UTC on 9515 kHz, the SI code was 333. Voice of America Udanthai, Tibetan discussion was heard at 1645 UTC on 9530 kHz, the SI code was 343. Voice of Vietnam, Russian talk by OM was heard at 1653 UTC on 9730 kHz, the SI code was 333. Adventist World Radio, Burn, RC program, while stalking was heard at 1657 UTC on 97. 70 kilohertz, the SI code was 333. NSK World Radio, Japanese survey, Japanese news by while was heard at 1703 UTC on 11623 kilohertz, the SI code was 444. Radio Farda Kuyet playing Persian song was heard at 1724 UTC on 5860 kHz. The SI code was 333. WRN English playing song Whole Heart at 0230 UTC on 7505 kHz. The SI code was 222. Radio Romania International English Service Society Today was heard at 1220 UTC on 11670 kHz. The SI code was 333. We want to thank Mr. Pradeep Chandra Kundu from Tripura, India for sharing his log with us. If you have any comments and suggestions, please send your reports to dxbangla at the rate gmail.com. The address again dxbangla dx at the rate gmail.com. Okay, I will come with more DX news in the next edition. Till then, take care. Salauddin Dollar, Ratshahi, Bangladesh. Thank you, Saladin. And we end today's edition of Wavescan with folk music from Senegal. 
Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, the radio scene on the island of green monkeys and much more here in WaveScan. WaveScan is heard weekly on KSDA in Guam, AWR relays in various locations, WRMI in Florida, WWCR in Tennessee, KVOH in California, Voice of Hope Africa in Zambia, and IRRS Italy. Send reception reports directly to the station you're listening to. Reports for KSDA and AWR sites should go to qsl at awr.org. Other correspondence, not reception reports, can be sent to wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. Till next week, good listening, everyone. (laughs) 